Welcome back to episode 20 of Money Equals M Squared, brought to you by Lagus Lucas and Torello Wealth Management. My name is Mike Torello. I'm here with my co-host, Mike Lucas, as today we're going to talk about something that's been very current in the news the last year, year and a half, with inflation and interest rates and what they are. So, Mike, what we're going to do today is we're going to go over uh, six topics related to inflation and interest rates. First, we're going to talk about what are interest rates. Um, then we're going to talk about what's inflation and how it's created going into how inflation affects your purchasing power. If for purchasing power, that's how much you can buy with, with your money. Um, then we're gonna go into lending rates and how they're affected when interest rates rise, how do rising interest rates affect bonds, and how do interest rates affect your ability to save. So Mike, why don't we get dive right in? I know this is a, a super technical topic, so we wanna keep it as simple and easy to understand for everyone, but let's get started with that first First question, what are interest rates and why do we need to really be aware of them? Well, interest rates are what you can borrow money at. I mean, it's, it's, the, it's the rate that we, the, the Fed sets and then everything kind of spirals from, from there. So if interest rates go up or down, uh, there's a lot of things that are connected to interest rates. So you've got credit cards, mortgages, savings rates, all those are connected to interest rates. So the Fed traditionally will set that interest rate and the interest rate will get adjusted by how they feel that either the market or the economy is impacting by it. Awesome. So basically interest rates are the rate that the government sets initially and then, you know, private, uh, whether it be lenders or banks are setting on the other side, that money is going to grow by. So it's either going to cost on a borrowing basis or it's going to grow on a savings or investment type basis. Correct. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 we can get complex, you know, about it, but yeah, I think the, the simple answer is interest rates are affect us day to day for a, a bunch of different reasons, but they're set by the federal government. Awesome. Uh, let's dive into the second question there, Mike, is um, what is inflation and how is it created? Yeah, so the biggest thing with inflation is inflation is the growth of what things cost year over year while they rise. So for example, you know, a lot of people look at the cost of a movie ticket or a gallon of milk 20 years ago and see how it costs a lot less than it does today. The effect of that rising cost is the effect of inflation. So inflation is really caused by three things. Um, one is just a general expectation that things are going to cost more as, as time goes on. Things get more expensive, it costs more to produce items, and that causes the inflation of certain things. The other thing is what's called demand pull inflation. Demand pull inflation is caused by having a higher demand for a product. What we see with demand pull inflation, an example of this, is when you see rising gasoline prices during the summer. More people are driving, going on vacation, so you see gasoline prices rise. It's due to a higher demand, and that's usually only temporary. It's not something that's gonna continue over time, and that's why we see prices fall in the, in the fall and into the, into the winter. And then the final way that inflation is created is through what's called cost push inflation. This is what happens when costs to create items just get out of control, whether it be temporarily or permanently, and then will rise a product and in turn rise a service so that the consumer is paying more for that. So that's what creates inflation, but generally inflation is just the rising cost to pay for the same good or the same service that you had previously. Yeah, I mean, year over year, you know, except for the last year or two, you know, we really didn't see inflation. I mean, if you think about it, it's, it's slow growth. It really doesn't impact anything. But over the last year and a half, 
it's it's been eye opening in a lot of different areas. So uh, it's it's been in the news and it's been a more heavily you know debated topic. Absolutely, and you know everyone's experiencing some forms of inflation over the last year and a half. You know they know how much their groceries cost compared to what they did cost. They know you know how much more it is to you know fly on an airplane or stay at a hotel, and all those costs are the inflation costs of everything rising. <laughs> So, Mike, moving on to our, you know, our third question, let's talk a little bit about how does inflation um, affect what's your purchasing power? And why don't you define purchasing power a little bit for everyone, too? Yeah, I mean, if you think about it now, you, you know, there's, and you can use a bunch of different examples, but let's say we want to buy a brand new car, all right? So if you go back four or five years ago and you wanted to purchase a new car, that same car with the same different features that go along with it, um, if you're in a high inflationary era, um, that car is going to cost substantially more for the same exact model that you might get. And it might be, you know, they, they might change the model a little bit or make minor tweaks to it. But if you were to buy that same brand new car, you're going to have to pay a lot more for it. And, and that's because of inflation. Um, so, you, you know, that you might have to go a model down. You might have to save more for it. It, it impacts people a lot of different ways. Um, but, 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 you know, it's definitely going to impact you in, in, in some way or, or shape or form because of, it's going to cost more money. Um, you're going to have to make some adjustments and changes to it. You know, and you talked about, you know, buying a car, right? And where I think inflation really affects your ability to buy the car is situations we're in like now where you're in a high inflationary environment because what ends up happening is your income is not necessarily growing at the same pace that inflation is. Right. You might have got your standard three, four, five percent raise that you've gotten every single year from staying at your job, but we saw inflation last year eight, nine percent. So if the cost of that car goes up by say eight or nine percent, but your raise only get you only got your four percent raise, you now have less money to be able to buy that car. You might not be able to afford that monthly payment because now you don't have the same amount of money to put down because the purchase price is that much higher. And to take it even further, Mike, what the federal government tries to do is they increase those interest rates to help combat inflation, all right, to help bring it down or slow it down. And that just makes, it adds more fuel on that fire because that same car, although it's, you know, it's the same model, you're paying more for it. But a lot of people aren't you know, writing a check or, or giving, bringing cash to a dealership for that amount. They're gonna have to finance that. And obviously when they're financing it, then it pulls back interest rates. And if interest rates are higher, it's gonna cost them more money to borrow it. So you're gonna, it's gonna cost more money because of interest rates and you're paying for a product that's more expensive. It's almost a double dip. Absolutely. So why don't we take, a, take our quick break here. We'll go in, we'll answer our last few topics and then we'll wrap up for today. Sounds good. Welcome to this week's Community Spotlight, the segment of our show where we focus in on the small businesses in our community. This week, we are focusing on Bagelicious. They have two locations, one in North Haven at 91 Washington Avenue and one in Cheshire at 945 South Main Street. They can be reached by phone at 203-535-0632 or online at bagaliciousnorthhaven.com. We make every order to your liking. Their signature Bagelicious sandwich will convince you that they mean business with their bagels. Be sure to check out their daily specials and everyday menu items online and on their Facebook page. Again, this is Bagelicious, located at 91 Washington Avenue in North Haven, Connecticut. 
All right, great. So, Mike, before the break, we were talking about um, just an introduction into inflation and interest rates, um, really talking about what causes them. So why don't you, you started talking about this before the before the break. Let's talk a little bit about lending and how that really affects. So when I say lending, obviously, interest rates, we said they're set first by the federal government. Then they're set by the banks that are lending out money. So how would a rising interest rate environment affect your ability to borrow money from from banks, whether it be for you know a house or a car or anything else you really need money for? Yeah, like we touched briefly on the car, you know, uh, you know a little bit, but before the break. But you know, now if we talk about houses. Houses are you know even more you know popular now. Um, you, you were dealing with supply and demand and things along those lines. Now the housing market, the way that it is, you know, people want to move fast, you know, to to, to get up the property that they want. But when you're looking at lending, you know, and when they increase interest rates, you're going to be borrowing at a much higher interest rate, um, obviously. So it's going to cost more money. And a lot of people have a fixed budget, you know, that they would put aside for a house, you know, whether it's, you know, a certain percentage of their income or, or, or whatnot. As interest rates increase, all right, that increases that monthly payment that that family may have to put down on that house on a, on a monthly basis. So as interest rates rise, it makes it more and more difficult for everyday people to purchase the same house that they want. So one of two things is going to have to happen. They're going to have to you know, look at properties that potentially aren't as much or they're going to have to put more money down to lower that monthly payment so it gets in a more affordable zone. Right. So like when you're going to look for a, a mortgage and you're going to your lender, the way that they approve you is not based on your purchase amount. It's based on your monthly payment and what that monthly payment can turn into for a, a borrowing amount for your loan, which then you get your purchase point to go buy a house. So as like you said, as those interest rates rise, your monthly payment for to borrow the same money is going to go up. So if you're approved for, say, a thousand dollars a month in a monthly payment, you're going to be able to buy less house with $1,000 a month because the interest rate's higher, which means your financing cost is going to be that much higher as well. Yep. And then you can think, think about it you know, a little bit further too. Let's say you've purchased a house five or 10 years ago. Depending on what type of mortgage you purchased, you could have purchased an adjustable rate mortgage, whether it was five years or 10 years. And just like we talked about, it adjusts with, with the current market. And we've seen the market go up. So a lot of times, you know, someone might have purchased a house five years ago and their monthly payment might have been 1500 bucks or $2,000 a month, but because it gets adjusted after the five years, that payment could skyrocket and, and come higher. And that makes it obviously more and more challenging to hold on to that house. Right. Like an important thing there, you know, we like to make sure our clients are aware of is to be smart when you're borrowing money, right? You know, don't completely leverage yourself to the maximum, you know, when you're taking out that mortgage, right? A lot of people, you know, over the last 10 years, if they took out an adjustable rate mortgage, it was to have that lower teaser rate at the beginning to get approved for a bigger house. And now you're seeing those adjustments come to the point where maybe your mortgage is unaffordable. You know, we see the same thing with people that, you know, leverage their credit cards a lot and carry a balance, right? Because the same thing is happening now. You're seeing... As interest rates go up, the borrowing rates on credit cards are going up, which is creating much higher minimum payments. So people that have substantial credit card debt are going to struggle to pay off the balance because now their minimum payment is so much higher each month. Yep. So great. All right. So uh, hopping into the next question there, Mike, is how do interest rates affect bonds and bonds in general? Yeah. So, so bonds are a, a big part of investment portfolios or a big part of what we use with people. And 
as interest rates have been rising over the last couple of years, it's been important for us to, to really educate our clients because we're going to see a couple things um, happen with bonds. So there's two things that we look at. The first is the price of the bonds. And as interest rates go up, the price of bonds is going to fall. It's an inverse relationship. So what we're going to see right away is if you own bonds in your investment portfolio in a rising interest rate environment, you're going to see the price of those bonds go down. And it's going to affect your investment account that way. On the flip side, new bonds that are issued as interest rates rise are going to see higher coupon rates. They're going to see higher rates that those bonds are going to pay off for interest on a monthly or a quarterly basis, which can then help provide more income to you if you're buying those new bonds and heading into retirement. So in, in a situation like that, Mike, if you had $100,000 in a bond and just generally speaking, interest rates go up, the value, so that $100,000 worth of bonds that you have will decrease. Right. So what you, an example you might see, and these are just completely you know, hypothetical numbers, right? But you might say, let's say you had $100,000 in a bond, you potentially could see that fall to say $90,000 on your statement. But that $100,000 of bonds might have been paying you say $1,000 a year in interest. And now with these new bonds that might be issued, the $90,000 might be paying you $1,500 in interest. So you're able to get more interest for less money, but also if you're going to see the value of your accounts actually go down. So in, 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 I guess long story short, in a situation like this, it's not panic and sell bonds, but let's just evaluate what bonds we have in the portfolio. Is it still right for us? Or and what percentage should, you know, should, should we have inside there to produce enough income? Exactly. We're right. We're going to take a look at it. It's a, it's a point for us to take a look to say, you know, does it make sense to have bonds? Bonds are not 100% safe. They're not 100% secure. You know, they're like any other investment. And this is just a reminder to say, let's make sure that the percentage is right and the type of bonds that you have make sense for you. Because yeah, it's been a 30-year bull run for bonds. And this is just the first time, you know, over the last couple of years that we've seen them lose a little bit of value. Right. Many people are experiencing this for the first time. And you know their experience, their um, opinions on it is why I thought this was safe. Why is this happening? So it's it's important just to really understand that it's just a different asset class and it works differently. And it's one that's affected a lot by inflation and interest rates. So Mike, heading into our last question, let's talk a little bit about you know on your own money. You know where do rising interest rates affect your ability to save and have money in a savings account? I think this is where it's been the biggest eye-opening thing for our clients, Mike, is some of our clients, you know, keep a substantial amount of money in cash or, or, or you know, in, in hands, whether it's in a savings account or a checking account. And if we could take a little bit more look at that, I think interest rates create a really good opportunity for our clients that have that money in cash. Um, you know, we've seen interest rates, you know, in, in, in muni, um, uh, money market accounts, head north of so some of the 5% range. Um, and that's you don't see the same type of, a, of growth in the savings or checking. So it's important to identify, hey, what money you know really is in that savings and checking account? Can I redirect that into something that may potentially be just as liquid as a savings or a checking account into something that's gonna produce a little bit higher rate of return and interest? So you know that's something that you know we've spent the last three or four months on is identifying what money really we're not using you know in the short term for checking and and see if we can put that in some type of money market vehicle that can get you know four five six times percent higher rate of return than they normally would in a savings or checking account. 
Exactly. And I think that builds off of what we were just talking about with bonds, right? Bonds were on a 30-year bull run where it appeared to be a very safe investment for the long term. You know, as bonds are having a little bit of a bump in the road, we're seeing the rise in interest rates make money markets, which are very secure and very safe and low risk, become popular. Because we're seeing, like you said, you're seeing people get 5% interest rates, which is a good, good amount of money on money that you don't need right now. And with that, we just got to be careful with that because money markets change on a day-to-day basis. You know, just because it's paying 4 or 5% now doesn't mean it's going to be paying 4 or 5% in a year or two years from now. So it's important to identify that, you know, and, and understand that, hey, this is something that will consistently fluctuate over time. But in that same avenue with rising interest rates, it could potentially give us, you know, another opportunity for money that we can lock into like a multiple year guaranteed annuity and get that locked in long-term higher rate of return for whatever that guarantee is on that annuity, whether it's three, five, or seven years, um, it locks that higher interest rate in for, for a higher time frame. So now's a good chance to take a look at some of those accounts that you might not potentially use for five or 10 years or like CDs that we're really not planning on using in the short term to, to identify, hey, really, what is this money used for? When do I need it? And can I get a better rate of turn on it? Absolutely. And I think that kind of wraps up everything that we, we've been talking about, right? So, so with, you know, lending and borrowing, we talked about how rising interest rates is going to, you know, affect your ability to borrow money. But with the rising interest rate environment, it's really a good opportunity to take a look at any way that your savings, any type of your investments, because the rising interest rates, it causes change. Change, it doesn't necessarily mean it's bad, but it's a good time to take a look at your portfolio, take a look at your plan, and really see what you want to do and if we need to make any improvements. Makes sense. Awesome. So I think that wraps up episode 20 of Money Equals M Squared. Make sure you check us out online at lltwm.com or on Instagram at Team LLT. Thanks. The views and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily the views and opinions of Satera Investment Services. Any recommendations mentioned in this episode are meant for educational purposes only and should not be construed as advice or personal recommendations. Always consult your financial advisor, tax advisor, or attorney for details related to your specific risks, goals, and objectives. Investments have risk and can lose value. They are not FDIC insured. The situations presented are hypothetical to illustrate key topics and should not be construed as actual client situations or experiences. Lagos Lucas and Torello Wealth Management operates under Satera Investors and is responsible for the production of this show. All views and opinions are solely that of Lagos Lucas and Torello Wealth Management. You should always obtain a prospectus when available prior to investing to know your risk, costs, and fees associated with the investment. The advice and strategies presented today are general in nature and should not be used in your planning until you consult with your attorney and CPA on your specific situation. A diversified portfolio does not assure a profit or protect against loss in a declining market. Asset allocation is an investment strategy that will not guarantee a profit or protect you from loss. Satera Investors is a marketing name of Satera Investment Services, securities and insurance offered through Satera Investment Services, LLC, member FINRA SIPC, advisory services offered through Satera Investment Advisors, LLC. Satera is under separate ownership from any other named entity, 127 Washington Avenue, second floor west, North Haven, Connecticut, 06473, phone number 203-239-4545. Individuals affiliated with this broker-dealer firm are either investment advisor representatives who offer only investment advisory services and receive fees based on assets or registered representatives who offer brokerage services and receive transaction-based compensation or both an investment advisor representative or registered representative who can offer both types of services.